0: this morning we're looking forward to that Um, if you have your bibles turn to the book of genesis and we'll begin in chapter 13 Uh, today our title is the same as our family theme and that choices have consequences is that true (laughs) what do you mean all the time (laughs) on. okay and can it matter for a long time Yes, indeed. The choices we make today will affect our lives for the rest of our lives. That's important. Our uh, objective is that we consider the consequences of our choices and that hopefully it would encourage us to choose what pleases God uh, in our lives. Uh, We'll be in Genesis 13, uh, also chapter 18, and a little bit of chapter 19. Uh, Now, by the way, if you got your study guide with you, I was telling Pam, I don't know how they expected us to get through this lesson with all these verses. And so what I'm going to do is sort of highlight a few verses that give us the gist of the passage because we're looking at consequences and we're going to look at the verses that that show us what happens when we make wrong choices. We do have three key truths. Number one, our choices reflect our priorities. Why is that true? That's right. What's important to us, we, tr- we choose to do it, right? Second of all, our choices impact others. We don't live to ourselves, Paul says. We don't die to ourselves. The third thing is, and we talked about a little bit already, our choices always have consequences. Under our connect, we are asking the question here, let's name some decisions, uh, important decisions that we make uh, in our lifetime. What are they? I'm sorry? Accepting okay, accepting Christ by probably the most important. What other decision do we make in, li- in our lifetime? Marriage. Say it again? Marriage. Marriage. Okay, is that important? Yeah. Indeed. Whether or not we're going to go to college. I was uh, looking yesterday, and I don't know who these experts are, uh, but they listed about, I don't know, 15 or 20 things they say are going to uh, go away when the baby boomer generation gets off the scene. Any baby boomers here? And one of them is a college education. Think about that. Anyway, things do change. Uh, and again, that, that's a choice we make. You know, we're going to go to college, whatever we're going to do here. But here's the thing. No matter what choice we make, all choices are important because all choices, in fact, have consequences and they will affect us uh, the rest of our life. And so today we're going to look at some of the consequences uh, that came from the choice Abraham made and also the choice that Lot made. And I think we'll see the contrast before the lesson over with. <clears throat> you were here a week or so ago. Uh, we looked at God's call to Abraham, or actually Abram at the time. We know him as Abraham now. Uh, but God says, leave your house and go to a place I'll show you when you get there. Well, the Bible also reminds us that his nephew Lot went with him. Now, I, I do want to interject here. I've heard preachers say that was a mistake Abraham made uh, when God said leave his family. He should have left Lot. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think what God was saying, get away from that pagan society, okay? And uh, Abraham had a, a family responsibility to take care of Lot. Uh, that was his brother's boy. His brother had died, and so Abraham was just fulfilling that duty of his. Life. I don't think he was wrong in taking Lot with him. But because Lot was with him, that kind of gives the background to what's going to take place in our lesson today now i said earlier we got so many verses to cover uh we'll i'll help you break these down as we read these number one our choices reflect our priorities and dan i like what you said we do what what's important to us and it doesn't matter what it is if we don't really want to do something we make excuses why okay but if something important to us how what are we going to do about that we're going to do, do everything we can to do it, right? And that's true for me, it's true for you, it's true for everyone. So our choices reflect our priority. So, we're going to be in chapter 13, and a little bit of chapter 19 on this key point. And let's begin, and uh, if anybody wants to read today, we'll begin in verse 1, skip down to verse 5 through 7, verse 9, and 11 through 16, I'll help you as we go through here. Genesis thirteen, verse one. Verse five through seven, please. Verse
1: nine, please. Uh, verse
0: eleven down through 15, through sixteen, please. Okay chapter 19 let's just read uh, verse 15 through 22 <clears throat> Oh, go on down to verse 22. Behold, now my servant have
1: found grace in my sight, thou hast sanctified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life, and I cannot escape from thee mountain. Least some evil take me and I die. Behold,
0: Thank you, Dan. (coughs) Quite a a bit of reading there. Uh, It's interesting. I'm looking at this particular story. We know that Lot and Abram had a lot of flocks and herds, and the land wasn't able to bear them. And our text also mentioned the Perizzite and the Canaanite lived there, so they also had their flocks and herds. And if you've got cattle or herds, what do you need? Yeah, land to graze them on. Our former pastor, Brother Jerry, uh, he has some uh, nephews who live uh, some out in West Texas. And uh, we had a chance to meet them at Sister Barb's funeral in Texas last year. It amazed me the stories they told. Uh, they talked about how bad the sand was, uh, the sand flies and stuff, were out there. So our daddy told us to be thankful for the sand flies because it keeps the Yankees away, number one. But he also talked about the land they had to own. And I think it, to, to graze one one cow, you had to have at least five acres for one cow because grass was so sparse uh, out there. So uh, it's important. And so here we have, you know, Abraham. Now, first of all, isn't it true that anybody can claim anything? Yeah, we you can claim anything, but I think it's our choices that reveal our priorities. And they speak very, very loud. And so, you know, we're going to see the contrast between Abraham's choice, or Abram's in our text, and Lot's choice, and find out what each one believed to be most important. So here we are, the land cannot bear them both, and according to the text, there was some strife between Abram's herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen. So my question here would be, as we look at this story, <laughs> who, who had the seniority here? Lot or Abram? Abram did. Uh, Wayne, in today's culture, what would that probably mean? If you're gonna make a choice. Yeah, they'd get first pick. That's how it works, right? And, uh, really, the bottom line was, At the end of the day, if Abram so chose, he could say, Lot, you had no choice in the matter. You had no choice. But it's interesting. Abram said, you know what, Lot? This is not good. There's strife between our families. And I look at that and I think, wow. One of Abram's priorities was what? The family. He was concerned about strife in the family. And so he he goes to Lot, and rather than fight over it, he offers a suggestion. We ought to separate. So what's he tell Lot? What's he offering? Isn't that gracious? Whichever way you choose, doesn't matter to me. And then you're right. Whatever way you choose, I'll go the other way. And we'll keep this strife down. Cheryl? No. Exactly. Absolutely. Because you know what, Cheryl, you're right. It, had, it wasn't there yet, but guess what would it go? And... Yeah, And an eventually would cause hard for them between Abram and Lot. And Abram's priority, you know what, he says, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. So he gives Lot the first choice. And you know what's interesting, early on in our story, and of course we've read it before so we know uh, the story, it, it it doesn't seem significant. You go right, I go left. You go left, I go right. You go north, I go so, Whatever. But was it significant? Yes. It's going to bear that out. So, notice Abram used that term kinsmen and brothers in verse 8. And he said, you know what? I know I have the right to make that choice. And he did. But he chose what? Give that right up. Now the part we didn't read, and we already know it, the Bible talks about the valley where Sodom was located was well watered. Lush pastures, if you will. And uh, if you want to graze cattle, where do you want to take them to? Grass and a lot of water. And uh, so Lot is walking by sight. Now remember, in chapter 12, God had already promised Abram all this land. And if God promised Abram all this land, what's Abram going to get? All the land. So he's trusting in what God promised him. And Abram just, you know, says, Lot, you make a choice. And Lot chose what was best for himself. I hate to admit this, but sometimes I see a lot of Lot in me. We choose what? What's best for our self. Now there's, I think there's a connection between God's, what God promised to Abram and Abram's response to that, his actions, if you will, because they really relate to Abram's priorities. We talked about that last week in chapter 12. Uh, he was willing to separate himself from his homeland to submit to God's will. And that's why he did it. God made a promise. Second of all, uh, the second promise was here when Abram was willing to, uh, to love his nephew as himself and put their relationship above everything else. He's left with God. And we're going to find out next week, it's also related to how he was willing to sacrifice his son. So again, uh, all of these actions are, repl- are related to God's promise to Abraham. So, uh, I love this about Abraham because what he did, he realized how important it was to put faith in God's power, his faith in God's sovereignty, and to prioritize God's commands over what seemed to be beneficial at the moment. He's waiting on God to fulfill his promises. Now, again, Lot says, I'm going to go towards Sodom. And Dan, you read it a few moments ago, and uh, the Bible gives us here... Uh, kind of a description of what was, Sodom was like how, what was it like a wicked place it was a wicked place now i don 't know how long Abram and uh, Lot had dwelt in the in that area before they decided to split it up uh, i don 't know whether they knew uh, a lot about sodom it 's possible they did, but either way that 's where Lot chose to go. But the problem was, he didn't stop just outside in the plains of Sodom. What did he do? Goes into the city. In fact, becomes a part of their culture and even a part of sitting at the gate giving judicial answers for problems, things like that. He was known for that. Now, what's interesting And by the way, we skipped some, but we're going to come back later and another point and pick that up. So, God sends some angels there. And these angels come to Lot. And they said, Lot, you need to get out of here. Now, my question was, did Lot go right away? No, he lingered. He, he was reluctant to walk away from that town he had made a priority in his life. He didn't want to leave. And finally, and listen to this, the angels had to forcibly grab him by his hands and do what? Leave him out? Now, by the way, what did they tell what was going to happen? Did they What did did he tell Lot? This city is going to be destroyed. And they had to literally drag him out of the city. Now again, remember that when the angels approached the city of Sodom, Lot was sitting at the city gate. A sign of prominence and influence. So, that was his priority. His priority, if you will, as he goes to that city, he felt like he could rebuild the life uh, he was about to leave and uh he tells the angels, Look, don't maybe go that far. I can't make it. Let me go into this smaller city here. Of course we know we'll find it later the angel that can do that so even as he is literally fleeing for his life being dragged out his thoughts were not on his family his thoughts were uh, not on their survival his thought was how can I retain this lifestyle that I had Don't let me go to the mountains. Let me go in to the city. And that again reveals Lot's priorities. Let's apply it. Like Abraham, we need to count others more important than ourselves. But other people enter before our own just as Jesus did as well. And we have to allow the word of God to dictate our priorities. We cannot be Drawn in by temporary things. Allow God's Word to speak to it. In the way of discussion, the question we have today in our, in our study guide is what difference do you see, do you notice, between Abram and Lot? What difference do you see in there? What, what do you notice? Without a doubt. Yeah, and, and at the bottom line, who did Lot want to please? Himself, not God. Abram wanted to please God, and that—that's a vast difference in that life. Uh, I wonder—and this is certainly subjective. Wonder what it, what causes some people to make poor choices like Lot, and others to make godly choices like Abram. Wonder what causes that. Any idea on that? Any thoughts on that? Say it again. No, not me. Oh, yeah, you know better, Cheryl. You know me better than that. We are selfish, yeah, okay. Makes it hard to do. But I think one of the main things is where our heart is. Abraham's heart was wrapped up in God. It really was. Now, uh, I was reading the other day in Isaiah... And, uh, and I know this principle and I keep forgetting it. And God told Isaiah to take the burlap off you've been wearing. So right away in my mind, I thought, now wait a minute, why was he wearing burlap? How long did he wear that? And so I backed up a few chapters and kind of skimmed them over, couldn't find a thing on it. I even Googled it. Somebody surely knows. So I finally gave up my search. and said, well, all I know is he was wearing burlap. Well, I hadn't read the next verse yet. It said he wore it for three years. (laughs) And I learned a long time ago. Somebody told me the best commentary in the Bible is what? The Bible itself. And the reason I bring it up is about Lot. And for years, I wondered about Lot's spiritual condition with God. But when you get to the New Testament, James says Lot was a just or a righteous man. And that reminds me that myself, I need to thank God for his grace. Amen? Because I needed just as bad as Lot did. Now, he wasn't where he should have been with God. In fact, James mentions while he was, while Lot was in Sodom, Their wickedness vexed his righteous soul. It bothered him. But not enough to do what? To leave. Amen. Amen. That was a downfall of Lot. So I think that's some reasons that people make bad choices. We are selfish. And uh, we don't have a heart for God. And Pam and I were talking about someone today that we both know. And uh, I said to Pam, I said, as as intelligent as this person is, and we both know her. I said, I can't believe the dumb decisions she makes. I mean, devastating decisions. And Pam reminded me it's because she's not born again. She's simply not saved. And so that makes a big difference as well. All right, number one, our choices reflect our priorities. Number two, our choices impact others will be in genesis 14 also in genesis 18 anybody want to volunteer to read genesis 14 the first two verses Okay, Dan, first of all, thank you for volunteering so I didn't have to try to pronounce those words. (laughs) Now, just to to kind of touch base here, um, these were a federation of kings, of course, and uh, four against five, we'll see later on. And uh, what they're trying to do is to take over the smaller cities, if you will, and a lot of these are on the border of Canaan land. So let's go down to verse 8. Go down, if you will, to verse 14. I'm going to make you suffer. let's pause there just for a second and we'll pick verse 16 up in a moment here. now Dan I had you read all those big words really only for verse 12 I had you read all those big words mainly just for verse 12 okay I could have saved you a lot of big words but look what it says and they took Lot uh oh who are they mess with now one of Abraham's family and they took a lot. Okay, then in verse fourteen you read it a moment ago, Dan. Abram heard the news, takes his trained servants, and he goes after them. Verse sixteen, Dan, read that for you. Chapter
1: eighteen.
0: Let's read verses 20 through 33. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me. And if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham drew near and said, Will thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure, there be fifty righteous within the city. Will thou also destroy and not spare the place for fifty righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked. And that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? The answer is yes, he will. Verse 26. And the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which him but dust and ashes. Peradventure there shall lack five of the fifty righteous. Will I destroy all the city for the lack of five? And he said, If I find there forty and five, I will not destroy it. And he spake unto him yet again and said, Peradventure there shall be forty found there. And he, being God, said, I will not do it for forty's sake. And he said unto him, "Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Peradventure there shall be, there shall thirty be found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find thirty there. And he said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. Peradventure there shall be twenty found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for twenty's sake. And he said, Oh, let that the Lord be angry, and I will speak yet but this once. Peradventure, 10 shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. And the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communion with Abraham. And Abraham returned unto his place. What a God. Now, think about this. We mentioned earlier in our get started. Our consequence to have choices. Not just for us, but who else? Yeah, for those around us, our families, our friends. And so Lot cho- chose to, in his opinion, the best way. In the Jordan Valley. And what he did. He put himself in range of temptation. Would you agree with that? Because Sodom was there. And. Being that close to wicked men. Put him. In subject to the consequence of their bad choices. Now, Dan, you read all those hard names, and that was the war, a territorial war among local kings. And, of course, they pretty well won that battle, carried off the spoil, but they also took a lot. So, choices affect others. And the choices of others affect us. Think about that. Now, a lot of people died. And I think it's likely that a lot of Lot's household, his servants, were killed during this battle. But also his choice went beyond his immediate family. Now remember, well, let me ask this question. Did his choice to go to Sodom? Did that choice have an effect on Abram? Yes. Now, first of all. Lot is Abram's nephew. And do you think for a moment Abram's going to walk away and leave it go? So now, because of Lot's choices, Abram's drawn into this thing. He is. And so Lot's decision came to a place where it caused Abraham to risk his own life and the life of his servants. To do what? Yeah. And only for one reason. Abraham didn't care about the goods. He cared about lot. It's interesting, and we just read it a moment ago, God had revealed to Abraham he was going to destroy Simon Gomorrah. By the way, there were about five cities around that area, and they would all be destroyed. But Sodom and Gomorrah being the main two. And yes, lost choices had an impact, a negative impact, on those around him. But Abraham gives an example of of a positive consequence or choice that can have. And so God comes to Abraham and says, "I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah." So, what does Abram do when he hears that news? <laughs> yes, indeed. Now, first of all, you've got to love it, okay? Abraham realizes who he is, who God is and who he is, right? He said, I'm just dust. But I still going to ask you. You know what that shows me? Abraham had confidence in God. Now, think about that. Now, so often, if we're not careful, we get the idea that in the Old Testament, God's a mean God. Is that how Abraham felt? No. In fact, Abraham said, Lord, I I know that the judge of all all the earth, you'll do what's right. I know you will. And by the way, when does God do right? All the time in everything he does. But is God good, Wayne? (laughs) All the time. It all kind of works together. So Abraham starts to well, Lord, if they're just 50, would you spare the city? What did God say? Okay, then what happened? What did he say, Clementine? <laughs> yeah, 40. And he finally gets down to what? 10 people. 10 people. Now, by the way, uh, one of the options we had for a connect was to show a short video, and I did watch it. Um, we're living in a time in our culture today, in our world culture, this culture of inclusiveness, uh, where the argument is homosexuality is not a sin, and that was not the problem with Sodom and Gomorrah. But how many know that's not what the Bible says? That, in fact, was the problem of Sodom and Gomorrah. Because it got exceedingly bad. And you know the story will pick up a little bit more in just a moment here. But we have to understand, (laughs) Abraham knew, well, let me ask you the question, who made the choice to go to Sodom? Lot did. Have you ever told someone or thought, well, you made your bed. What's next? Yeah, lie in it. What do you mean by that? You made the choice. Abraham didn't do that. Say it again, Wayne. Yeah, deal with the consequences. But Abraham prays. He seeks the face of God. And the Bible, without a doubt, credits Abraham's prayer with the deliverance of nephew and of his nephew Lot and his family. God remembered Abraham's intercession. Don't ever lose that, folks. Our choices will cause consequences in the lives of other people. And they always do. Poor choices, selfish choices like Lot made will affect him negatively. And the sad thing is, what was true with Lot is true with us. It affected the people he cared about. It will affect the people we care about as well. But when we make obedient, godly choices, it will have a positive effect on people we care about. Let's apply it. Allow God's word to dictate our priorities. Before choosing, we need to carefully consider the consequences. How will this affect me weeks down the road? How will it affect my family? And we have to be careful of the circumstance we put ourselves in and who we surround ourselves with. And my friend, that's why it's so important that you and I pray for God's protection and blessing on other Christians as well. What are some examples of how one person's choices can affect others for good or bad. What are some examples? Why you say that, Cheryl? Absolutely. And when you choose that, not only does it have a bad comfort on you, it it, really, it, it, it hurts the family and those around you. Anybody else with an idea? Say it again. Why do you say that? Oh, man. You know, every year as I read my Bible through one of the, of course, the Proverbs, and how often it talks about that. You know, it just, it just destroys families. And so, again, wrong choices will bring negative consequences to ourselves and to those around us. All right, number one, our priorities, our choices reflect our priorities. Number two, our choices impact others. Number three... Our choices have consequences. Let's read uh, the first 14 verses of chapter 19. Anybody want to read that? They regret. Okay, thank you, Dan. We're just about out of time, but let me kind of give you the... Anything in this passage jump out to you as odd? Okay, now again, that marriage was prearranged. It hadn't been consummated yet. Okay, they were probably pledged when they were born. So they were legally married, but not yet consummated. But what about the fact that, hey, God says, don't do these men, do who? Take hey, who? My daughters. See what happened when you live in a place like that? Your morals begin to drop. And make no mistake about it, these wicked men intended on raping those angels. And when Lot intervened, they said, We're gonna do you worse than we're gonna do you worse than that. So anyway, they told Lot, Go tell the rest of your family, your sons in laws, that are gonna be your Get out. So how did their sons-in-law respond? They laughed at him. Because Lot's testimony was not what it should have been. They simply didn't believe him. Well, anyway, Lot does get out. Uh, let me go into Zor. And then God rains down fire and brimstone. Now, by the way, Zor was on that list to be destroyed. You know why God didn't destroy it? Because Lot was there. Lot was there. So anyway, there you go. Lot said, I'll choose the Green Valley. I'll go to Sodom. And for a year for I don't know how many years it lasted, Lot had everything he thought he ever wanted. But at the end of the day, he lost everything he had. He lost his wife. And I wonder if we would ask Lot, Lot, would you change your mind if you had another choice, another chance? Lot, was it worth it? What would Lot tell us? No. And even sadder yet, Lot's two daughters realize we don't have a husband now. We're not going to be able to consummate our marriage. And we need to carry on the family, so let's get our dad drunk. So one night one did, one night the other did, and both of them had children through that incestuous relationship. And by the way, those two children became nations that have been a thorn in the side of Israel ever since that time. So Lot's choice did it affect his daughters? Yes. Their morals were bad as well. I'm out of time, Jason. Okay, And that's why we must emphasize godly living. Godly living. And I realize what James said about Lot, so I take his word for that. He was just. He was righteous. But my friend, look what he could have been had he had a heart like Abraham. Look how his life could have turned out if he only had a heart for God like Abraham did. And I think today... Thank God for you all. Because I believe you have a heart for God. Otherwise, why would you come to Sunday school? Right? Why would you come to hear me preach? Because you have a heart for God. And the great news is, I believe your lifestyle has a tremendous effect on your family. Let's stand together. Next week, chapter 22. Father, we love you today, and we praise you, and we thank you, God, that we can turn to you for help and guidance when we have to make choices. I pray, Lord, we allow your word to be our guideline, and that our choices will be biblical and they'll be godly. We'll give you the
1: praise in Jesus' name. Amen.